of my podcast all around the world where I explore one country every week. A reminder of the clue to the country we are exploring today was that this country created the 365-day calendar that is split into 12 months. I'll give you five seconds to take a guess. It's Egypt! Did you know that the, the longest river in the world is the River Nile, which flows through Egypt, cutting Egypt into two unequal parts? It is said that the Egyptians are the first ones to discover the 365 days solar calendar. Their calendar had three different seasons. These seasons reflected the annual rhythm of the Nile floods and their growing and harvesting cycle. Ancient Egyptians believed in more than 2,000 deities, which are gods. The pharaohs or the kings were believed to be living gods and deities. The pharaoh gods and deities were responsible for the well-being of the people. An interesting fact, one of Egypt's, one of Egypt's most loved gods, Cleopatra, was originally from Greece and not Egypt. Each of those thousands of gods had all different responsibilities. These are super interesting. Some of the deities were hawk-headed sun god Ra, goddess of moisture Tefnut and Anubis, the god of the embalming and the dead. Speaking of the dead, the methods of embalming or treating the dead body that the ancient Egyptians used is called mummification. The mummification process was used to preserve the body so that the person can have a great afterlife. This was really, really important because the Egyptians loved the present life and wanted that to continue even after life. The earliest mummies from prehistoric times were probably accidental. By chance, dry sand and air preserved some bodies buried in shallow pits dug into the sand. This could only happen because, on average, only an inch of rain falls in Egypt per year. Another fun fact, unwrapped, the bandages of an ancient Egyptian mummy could stretch for 1.6 kilometers. Wow, that is really, really cool. Egypt is a country with some amazing history. The world's oldest dress, which is 5,000 years old. The oldest book about mathematics, called The Entrance into the Knowledge of All Existing Things and All Obscure Secrets, were both found in Egypt. Now, coming to the more modern day Egypt and the yummy yummy food full medame the most popular street food snack in Egypt full is a paste uh, is a paste of mashed fava beans flavored with garlic and olive oil it is labeled out of large copper pots 
often put into pockets of pita bread. Tamiya Tamiya is made with mashed fava beans and parsley instead of chickpeas which are used elsewhere around the Mediterranean. It is made in the shape of flat discs rather than round balls and is typically eaten as a sandwich with salad. Shawarma Shawarma is a large cone of breast lamb or chicken that is rotated vertically in front of a flame grill. As the meat is cooked, it is sliced off and mixed on a griddle with chopped tomatoes, onions and parsley before being rolled into a large disc of flatbread and wrapped in foil to take away. Kebab and Kofta Kebab is, a, is flame grilled chunks of lamb and kofta is spiced minced meat made into sausage and grilled on a skewer. This is a favorite for Egyptians. It is typically eaten with chopped tomato and cucumber salad and a disc of flatbread. Baklava Baklava is a syrup drenched nut filled phyllo pastry. That's making my mouth water. Egypt is really an amazing, amazing place. And I've learned a lot while researching about this country. Shukra, Jazila, Wadai, Arak, Kariban. Thank you. Bye. See you soon. Don't forget to tune in next time for my next podcast. Let me leave you with a clue. The next country has some of the fastest runners on earth. Bye! Hola, me llamo Nirvan. Hi, my name is Nirvan, and this is the ninth episode of my podcast All Around the World, where I explore one country every week. Do you remember the clue I gave you to guess this week's country? Well, this week's country is home to a very popular festival which uses tomatoes. The Tomatina Festival. You guessed it, it's Spain. Spain is home to a wide variety of yummy, yummy food. But now tell me. What's the first dish that comes to your mind when you say Spain? It's the paella, right? Well, if you didn't know this, originally paella is a dish which is Valencian. I would have never guessed that. So today, I found a few more tasty Spanish dishes to talk about. Gazpacho. Gazpacho is traditionally drunk from a glass or traditional Spanish bowl and it comes as an appetizer in Spain. Spanish gazpacho is a classic tapa dish and the ultimate summer soup in Spain. The tortilla española. Tortilla española is a simple tapas dish made of slow cooked caramelized onions and potatoes in olive oil and eggs. This famous food from Spain looks more like a quiche than an omelette. Tortilla española is served sliced 
are squeezed between bread into a sandwich. Chorizo, the list of Spanish food from Spain wouldn't be complete without Iberico chorizo. Spanish pork sausage with sweet and spicy paprika flavor is known as chorizo. To be a bit more precise, this fresh or cured Spanish sausage is made of chopped pork marinated in pimenton, which is Spanish paprika, herbs, spices, and white wine, which Spain is also famous for. And finally, churros con chocolate. Churros with chocolate or churros con chocolate are undeniably a Spanish favorite dessert. Actually, Spaniards eat their beloved churros daily while sipping coffee for breakfast. Typical Spanish breakfast includes dipping churros in dark chocolate. Coffee and some sweets for breakfast? Wow, it can't get better than that, can it? Did you know there is a 300-year-old restaurant in Madrid that opened in 1725 and continues to be open today? The name of this restaurant is El Restaurante Botín. There's a little bit of history behind that. In 1606, the court returned to Madrid and in 1620, with the refurbishments of the Plaza Mayor, previously the Plaza de Arabal, the area became this main commercial enclave in the city with shoemakers, tanners, cutlers, braziers and blacksmiths. The street in the area even adopted the name of the trades carried out there. Ribera de Cortidores, the Tanner's Bank, Plaza de Heradores, Blacksmith Plaza, and of course, Calle Tutileros, Cutlery Street. It was on one of these streets where a French cook by the name of Jean Botin arrived in Madrid together with his wife, who was a native of Asturias, with the intention of working for a nobleman from the court of Habsburg. In 1725, a nephew of Botin's wife opened a small inn on the Calle Chuchileros and carried out a refurbishment to the ground floor of the building, closing the existing arcade, of course. Evidence of this work remains in the form of a slab at the building's entrance which features the date. The wooden oven also dates from that year and even today continues to attract diners with its wow, oh so tempting aromas. In the 20th century, the Emilio, Emilio Gonzalez and his family took over the ownership of Botin, which at that point, the restaurant was one floor. The basement was used as a wine cellar and the second and third floor was where the family lived. During the civil war, everyone except Emilio fled to, the, fled to a small village. Botin was used mainly to serve military members during this hard and difficult period. After the war, 
Emilio's sons, Antonio and Jose, took control of the restaurant and expanded it to what it is today. If you go to Botin, then remember to order their speciality. Cochinillo, which is roast suckling pig, and Cordero Lechal, which is roast suckling lamb. Other than food, Botin is also interesting to people who love literature or history, as it has been mentioned in many novels. In fact, it is said that Ernest Hemingway was a frequent visitor and became very close friends with Emilio Gonzalez. Also, the famous painter Francesco de Goya was once a waiter and dishwasher in Botin before he was accepted in the Royal Academy of Fine Arts, of course. Did you know there is a superstition where on New Year's Eve in Spain, you have to eat 12 grapes? This is a really fun tradition dating back more than a century ago when after a particularly good harvest, the grape producers decided to sell uvas de la suerte, which means lucky grapes. The the 12 grapes are eaten after dinner when the clock strikes midnight on December 31st. This is believed to bring good luck in the year to come. Here's another fact about food from Spain. Spain is the world's largest olive oil producer. 45% of all olive oil in the world is produced in Spain. This means Spain produces twice as much olive oil as Italy and almost four times more than Greece. Wow, I did not know that. Now let's look into some really weird facts from Spain about their history. Did you know Spain did not participate in either the First or Second World War? Really? I never knew that. Well, speaking of invasions, when the Romans invaded Spain, they built the Tower of Hercules in a Coruña during the first century and it is the only fully preserved and functioning Roman lighthouse in the world. Keeping on the theme with Romans, did you know that Romans invaded Spain for about 700 years? Yes, I'm not joking, 700 years. That's a long time. The first novel is attributed to a Spaniard. Spanish author Cervantes is known for his Don Quixote novel, which was written in 1605. Don Quixote is considered to be one of the first modern novels in the world. Here are a few more wacky facts about Spain. A zipline connects Spain and Portugal? It only takes 60 seconds to cross the border on the zipline. It is built on a river 150 meters wide between the two countries. Wow, now that sounds like a lot of fun. Okay, this one, I'm not sure you're gonna believe, but I promise you, it's definitely true, and I didn't make it up. 
a 47-story skyscraper in Spain, just remember, 47 stories, has no elevator. Now remember, I didn't make this up, okay? It's definitely true. Despite the beret being associated with France, the Basques in the in northeast of Spain invented it. Wow, I would have never guessed that one. The first astronaut spacesuit was developed in Spain in 1935. Now, we are coming to our favorite of all the interesting facts about Spain. Breaks, free time and siestas are a huge part of everyday Spanish culture. And finally, Spain has a really rich culture. For example, the cave paintings of Altamira in Cantabria, northern Spain, date back to as far as 35,500 years ago and were created during the Upper Paleolithic period. The charcoal and polychrome drawings and paintings which depict animals and handprints in varying shades are exceptionally well preserved thanks to the depths of the caves. The ceiling of the cave features the paintings of a herd of now extinct steppe bison as well as deer, wild boar and horses. This is, is, is written down as a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Also, the flamenco, which is a very popular dance in Spain, consists of a flamboyant dance accompanied by guitar music and song, which at its best is the true classical performance art of Spain. Spain is an awesome country that I will surely visit when I grow up. Gracias, adios, hasta pronto. Thank you, bye, see you soon. Don't forget to tune in next time for my next podcast. Let me leave you with a clue. Next week's country is home to the instrument, bagpipes.